This is a Stroud Short Stories podcast. Stroud Short Stories is an independent, twice-yearly, live-lit event. I'm organiser John Holland, and today I'm bringing you one of my favourite Stroud Short Stories, read by its author. The story is The Dress, by Katie Whitcomb, and it's from the November 2018 Stroud Short Stories event. After graduating with a BA and an MA in English Literature from Newcastle, Katie has worked as a university administrator for the past six years. She spends most of her spare time dedicated to her first love, reading anything and everything that she can get her hands on. Katie will be reading at the Hawkesbury Upton Lit Fest on Saturday the 27th of April. Katie lives in Cheltenham. The dress floated on its hanger, haunting the wardrobe. A spectral confection of yellowing lace and frayed ribbon. The bride reached out to caress one of the faded sleeves before dropping her hand. Suddenly uncertain, she glanced into the mirror. It was tarnished, like most of the furniture crowding the room. In this desolate stretch of land, the damp seeped into your bones and traced a fine speckling of mildew on everything it touched. She had been impressed when he first brought her here. Her impending groom, as darkly inscrutable as the cliffs on which his home had been built so many years ago. The house seemed to hover over the landscape like a galleon on the sea. Light shining from a hundred windows, warped and buckled by the coastal air, gave the place a hazy, lopsided warmth, as if it were a friendly drunk calling out across the moors in greeting. The bride spent her first night under the canopy of the bed frame, lulled by the sound of the waves on the spit of beach below the cliffs. Her sleep was childlike in its austerity, a pure and dreamless nothingness. The light which woke her the next day was as sharp and clean as a knife and illuminated the empty space next to her in the marital bed with a cruel precision. In the days since, she had drifted from room to room, lifting dust sheets and fogging up the windows with her sighs. The welcoming air of the house had dissipated. She felt like an uninvited guest, the ghost at the feast. The charwoman who came twice a week to mop the floors and polish the silver barely glanced in her direction. The man who tended the garden met her cheerful greeting with a dour nod. Even the cat, which prowled the corridors, ignored her enticements. By day, she walked the moors, or struggled across the coarse grey sand of the beach. She wore her loneliness like a threadbare coat, ready to cast off at a moment's notice. The wedding preparations, she had been assured, were in hand. Nothing to trouble herself with, the groom told her, tilting her chin towards his face. So there was naught to do but stalk the boundaries of her new home, her new life, the parlour facing out onto the granite sea, the kitchen whose very walls were damp to the touch. The house creaked and twisted in its moorings, refusing to yield its secrets, 
And beneath it all, that pervasive graveyard smell of rot. She had been hopeful when the wayfaced girl arrived from the village to prepare their meals for the next few days, but she was shy and taciturn, barely raising her eyes to meet her new mistress's face. Loitering by an open window, the bride had caught snatches of conversation between the girl, who was peeling potatoes in the weak sunlight of the garden, and the charwoman pinning out the washing. Given the history of the place, I suppose it's hardly a surprise he keeps her hidden away like a secret, the girl had said in the peculiar sing-song burr of the region. The charwoman had muttered something darkly in reply, which the bride had not quite caught. The last one, we scrap of her. They say blown off the cliffs. Bird with a broken wing. The girl had replied with an air of finality. If his version of events is to be believed, she will wander in, confused by the fog, and lost her footin'. There was a pause. They say the moon was so full that night you could see the Irish coast from the mainland. She knew of this tragic first marriage, but she'd always imagined a gentler demise, a slow wasting away rather than such a violent departure. Earthbound one minute and a captive of the sea the next, with only that solitary plummet to separate the two elements. Perhaps it had felt like flying. She dreamt that night of the cliff tops. The waters below seethed against the black rocks in the bay, but the scene was eerily quiet, a silent film flickering against a bedsheet. She could see ahead of her someone standing motionless before the wide expanse of sea, and beyond that the horizon, unfurling like a bolt of fabric. She had wanted to call out a warning, to reach and pull the stranger back from the edge of the cliff, but her voice had withered in her throat. She saw now that the figure was a woman, clothed in white, with a veil that drifted and snapped in the wind. Her feet were bare and threaded with seaweed, and her hands were puckered like fruit left out in the rain. As the woman began to turn, the bride felt dread rise in her throat like bile. She woke before the face of the figure, the thing on the cliffs was revealed. The only detail she could recall with any certainty, when she woke the next morning in a shaft of that barbed coastal light, was the recognition of the dress in her dream. It was the same one that hung in her wardrobe, heavy with the legacy of wedding feasts left to moulder, of bridal parties long since turned to dust and the terror she had felt when the figure had started to turn. Her fear, she realised now with a feeling akin to falling, was that it was her own face she would see. With each turning of the tide, the sea spewed up its secrets. A hint of opalescence from within the bones of a gull caught the eye. She extracted the object from the vaults of the ribcage, picked clean by the brackish air, and studied it. The sheen had been tarnished, but it looked like one of the ivory buttons stitched into the back of her wedding dress. The beach felt suddenly hostile, the steep bluff at her back as watchful as a sentinel. The bride could have sworn she saw a figure in white pacing the cliff tops above her. Or perhaps it was simply the kettle of birds that would dip and wheel in the updraft 
drifting apart before flocking abruptly back together, as though tied by invisible strings. After that, she began to wheedle him for a new dress, something silken and ivory to replace the decayed antiquity of the garment he had laid out on the bed for her like a flayed hide, something to symbolise their new marriage, their blossoming love. He had demurred. The dress was ancestral, an heirloom, much like the house itself. It was a tradition, the groom told her. Every woman in his family had worn it on their wedding day. Besides, he had said, as he flashed a wolfish smile, it would fit her perfectly. So the bride had buried her sense of unease. She wanted to please her groom, the man who had opened her up like an oyster, exposed her tender flesh. The man she hardly knew. She had awoken to a harsh cawing, as toneless as an incantation. A gull was perched on the sill of the window in her bedroom, a window she was sure she had bolted against the violence of the wind the night before. As she crossed the room to wave the bird away, something alien and strange nagged at the edges of her vision. The mist feathering the ground made it difficult to see with any clarity, but there was a piece of fabric snared in the skeletal branches of a tree beyond the marshland. At first, she assumed it was a tablecloth that had escaped the confines of the washing line. But then the mist parted slightly and the apparition came into focus. It was her bridal veil, starkly white against the bleakness of the heath. It looked to the bride like a flag waved in surrender. The night before the wedding was spent in separate rooms, as custom dictated. From its wooden casket, the dress seemed to whisper a warning. The same way-faced girl arrived the next day to wash and dress her. Silenced by the solemnity of her task, there was no more talk of drowned wives and cliff-top wanderings. Her hands trembled as she laced the bride into her dress and braided her hair with the heather which grew on the moors. Trussed up in a dead woman's gown with weeds woven into her hair, she felt uncannily like a pagan offering. Her groom awaited in the nave of the chapel, hand outstretched but eyes turned towards the looming stained glass window behind the altar, Abraham raising his knife to Isaac, a blood sacrifice like the ones demanded by the gods of old. He was right about one thing. It did fit perfectly. The dress clung to her like a shroud. That was The Dress by Katie Whitcomb. It was originally from the Stroud Short Stories event in November 2018. The next Stroud Short Stories event is on Sunday the 19th of May at the Cotswold Theatre in Stroud. Why not come along to the event and hear ten authors reading their stories? Tickets are on sale from the Cotswold Playhouse website from the 12th of April. Our new anthology, which has 57 stories by 45 authors from the last three years, is now available, both from local bookshops and from Amazon in paperback and Kindle editions. I'm grateful to Laura Bing for producing the podcast, to Ed Holland for the music. Thanks very much for listening.